Hello, America, and welcome back to another episode of the Hear Me Tell It, the life and times of Jerry Daniels. When you've had your daily dose of today's craziness, dealing with all them Karens out there, ride shotgun with old JD as he goes back and recounts the life and times of growing up in the South during the 60s and 70s. I believe we were called baby boomers. Stories that you will say, yep, I've done that, but I ain't gonna tell my kids, and I ain't never told my spouse, but whatever the truth be, it will be this, to hear me tell it. Hello folks, good morning, so JD, this is session number, I don't have my list in front of me, but I think it's like 41 or something like that, and uh, honestly, I didn't think it would go this long, hey, hey, I didn't think I could keep it up. But uh, I think it's 41, but I always want to start by saying thank you to all those loyal, (laughs) loyal, dedicated listeners. I got Joe, I got Mike, I got Al, and uh, Josh, and a few other ones that that are regular. And and, and I'm, you know, you start naming people, you get in trouble. You know what? There's that damn cardinal on my back window. I've hung all these freaking... Uh, survey tape strips on the back sliding glass window behind my office out here on the deck and it doesn't work and I can't every time I get a chance to get a good shot at him my neighbor's house is always in the background so I can't take a shot because we all know as we grow up in the south you don't shoot if you got anything behind your intended target that could be hit that would not want to be hit you know know what's in the background so anyway uh I can't, I can't take the shot. So as, as a lot of I'd want to take, there he is again. That sorry sack. I'm going to get him. Somehow or another, I'm going to get him. I don't know what it is. I'm tempted. Let me tell you something. I'm tempted. I didn't try it. I've taped posters on the windows. I've done, I haven't tried an owl or a snake. I guess I'm going to do that next. <clears throat> but uh, anyway, well, that was a heck of a distraction. Squirrel. Anyway, thanks for everybody for listening. I do appreciate it. It's fun doing this. So this morning's, uh, topic to hear me tell it is I, I was thinking uh, the other day and, and Mike Posey Mike Posey sends me a lot of stuff and we talk and on you know uh, on a messenger and uh, what's the other thing text messages <clears throat> he reminds me he he, uh, he he stimulates my memory and he'll remind me of stuff that I, hell I forgot and I feel the same way every time I talk to Todd Bill or Larry or somebody from the past they'll 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 bring up something I'm thought hell I forgot all about that so uh, I guess there's a lot of good to that because I don't have all that stuff in my head. <clears throat> but I was thinking the other day about growing up in the South as a young boy, and somebody was talking about begalice, and I thought, hey, I didn't know how to spell it. <clears throat> but I started thinking about all the all the 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 weeds, I guess, or vegetation that we encountered as kids in the South, and I started writing them down. <clears throat> now, begalice is one of them. And um, I don't, I ain't, I haven't, I ain't, I haven't, I ain't, whatever. I ain't done no daggum research on what bag of life is, but I know that gets all over your clothes. Your mama's gets pissed off. She can't get them off. And it's supposed to be our job to get them off. And they love socks and tennis shoes, shoestrings. Y'all remember when you was little, you used to come home at the end of the day and you couldn't even see your damn shoestrings. Looked like they had 50,000 little black ticks on them. It was just bag of life. They were stuck to everything. <clears throat> and then in school, you could you can get them on your recess. That was back when you know recess was really recess. You, you went outside and you, you played. It was hot as blazing jimmies, and you threw dirt claws at each other. And 
and whatnot, and and you drink water out of a spigot out there on the playground, one person after the other person after the other person. And amazing. Either A, we didn't care, or B, we didn't get sick. It was one or the other. But our parents didn't seem to care. Nobody raised the issue about a whole bunch of youngins drinking out of the same spigot. Nobody cared. <clears throat> it didn't make no difference. So um, but anyway, we, we would come back in the classroom and have bagel ice, and we would you know, we're, we're talking second and third grade, you know, type stuff. We'd pull the bag of ice off each other, <clears throat> and then we'd flick them into the girl's hair. And, um, yeah, I confess, I did it. And then there was another weed. <clears throat> there was another weed. It's just tripped down memory lane growing up in the South. But it was another weed, and uh, it, and it is a weed, I guess, technically. But uh, there he is. There's that daggum bird. I tell you what, I'm tempted to hit the pause button and get my damn pellet rifle. Anyway, he's gone again. But another weed <clears throat> is uh, honeysuckle. And, uh, you know, as a kid, hey, you can smell them. You can smell honeysuckle before you even get to them. But there was, and I, I wished I could do a video, but I, this is just audio, obviously. But there was, there was great joy as a young kid coming up on a good, fresh batch of honeysuckle weed and to, to stop and be sweating, good Lord, it would be hot. But to sit there and take them plants and pull that center part out to get that one little droplet of honey and uh, just get each one of them. You stand there long enough, <coughs> excuse me, you stand there long enough, you can get you a snoop full of honey just on a honeysuckle tree. And now that I'm keeping bees, and yes, I'm now a, a I'm an amateur rookie greenhorn, don't know what the hell I'm doing, beekeeper. Yeah, I am. And I'm tired of getting stung, but I'm keeping bees. And I bet the bees uh, enjoyed them plants as well. I wish they was around the house here somewhere, but they ain't. <clears throat> so the honeysuckle weeds were always was were, were joy in part of the summer. And then there was a weed. I don't know the name of it. Technically, we called them maypops, and they growed on the ground. <clears throat> it had a cool little flower, and uh, and if you was grew up in the south, you knew how to take that flower. And you know how to make it uh, to it look like uh, Jesus, the crucifixion. You know how to take that flower and, and and pull some petals off and manipulate it, but you can make it look just like the crucifixion. But the maypops uh, have no idea, but they 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 grow these green round. They look like eggs, and you know I guess I had some reason. I guess maybe that's a fruit. I don't know, but all I know is kids. We would take that uh, maypop. And we would we would get as many as we could because we took the joy of getting them. And you'd man, you'd load up on them, and then you just take them somewhere where you could throw them against the wall or throw them against on the floor that was a hard surface. And guess what? They popped. <laughs> Didn't take much much to amuse us back then. Of course, we was just kids in the South, man. We was always barefooted in the summer, and. Um, you know, we didn't have all the all the distractions. I ain't gonna say the stuff. We didn't have all the damn distractions. The only distractions I guess we had as kids is is the cartoons would be on in Saturday mornings, but they weren't on all day. They'd just come on for a brief, maybe an hour or two during the mornings, and it was it. It was gone. So the TV wasn't back then considered uh, a major source of uh, en entertainment, pacification. I don't know. But it wasn't that. And uh, I was going to do another episode on that. Is when, when did the American family start to erode? And uh, I thought about that. So I'm going to go back to that later on another episode. 
So there was the Maypops. We took the liberty of them. And then if you was with a bunch of frellers, uh, yes, indeed, uh, they turned into we throwed them at each other. And if you hit one of your buddies in the back of the head or on the forehead real good, you'd get a good pop out of one of them things. So there was the Maypops. And then there was milkweed. I don't know the technical name of it. I just knew what it looked like, and I knew it had this white stuff in it. And I knew as a kid, uh, for no apparent reason, it was flavorable, but we would break them off and chew on them. And I don't know if it had any effect. Uh, it kind of had a sticky white taste to it, but uh, I guess you just looked cool having a piece of damn straw hanging out your mouth, but it was actually just a, a piece of milkweed, and, and we liked that. And there was the all-infamous, great, and folks in middle Georgia and south Georgia know what I'm about to say, them damn sand spurs. And I'm telling you right now, as a kid growing up in the south, we went barefooted the in the summer. We was always barefooted. We didn't have flip-flops. We didn't have sandals. We had bare feet. And when I was that age, we we rented a house, I guess, because we damn sure were broke. We didn't have no money. But we rented a house out there on the west side of Butler uh, over there where the Green's little, little uh, store was at the Y in the road near the swimming pool. There was a little brick house out there. It had a little old carport in it. And that's where we lived, and uh, there was there was a lot of a lot of summer days, man, just out in the yard, all day, all day out in the yard, just looking for stuff to do. And the railroad tracks was back there behind the house, and we'd go back there, and and me and my sister, but I'd go back there and wait for the train to come by, and then when the, when the you know the men were obviously up there in the engine, but as soon as the engine went by, then I just throwed rocks and knocked the shit out of the train for no apparent reason other than I guess I was bored, but. Uh, and then I would lay rocks and, and and on the tracks and see what happened when the train track when the when the wheels on the train hit it, and then go yes we laid coins no they didn't always get flattened but we laid coins back there, and uh, we did that as well, but uh, there was a lot going on out there and that yard on the back uh, left corner was prone to sand spurs and there was a lot of sand spurs back there, but growing up in the south in the summer you'd run around barefooted if you went to your friend's house or you started to treading into areas that were unknown to you. We as a kid in the South, man, that was like you had to you had to do like a a pre-survey. You somebody say, hey, come on, let's go run across here. And he's like, you you act you you proceeded with caution because you're damn barefooted. And you don't want to get in the middle of a sand spur sand spur field barefooted, and then realize, oh hell. It's like being in the middle of a minefield and you don't know whether you're in the middle or it just started. So that that was a reoccurring thing. And sand spurs are evil. I don't. I don't know yet. I, you know, I asked. I asked the question the other day. You know, what would I say to God when I got to heaven? Well, the first thing I'm going to ask God is, "Can I come in?" I think the next couple of questions I'm going to ask God is about the whole thing about why is it that when we got older, you decided to put hair uh, in our nose, in our ears, on top of our ears, on our earlobes, and why is it all of a sudden that my eyebrows? have turned into like uh, wild spiders and I got I got eyebrows that now obviously they're a different color but they they just they go, they go everywhere and uh, it's real funny my wife went to a uh, she came home one day she had gone to one of those nail salons to, uh, for a pedicure and a manicure she said she was there and she said that lady and I, this is not racist so don't y'all get your back up <clears throat> I'm, you know I don't get my back up when somebody tries to emulate a southern you know accent just about an accent. It's not about a culture thing. But uh, 
Laura said, I came home and she goes, and the lady got done doing my nails. And she said, I'm going to try to quote, you know, her because, and and obviously she was Asian of some Asian descent, probably a Filipino. I don't know, but she said, uh, you know, I do your eyebrows. Laura goes, no, 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 they're good. She goes, oh, no, no, I do your eyebrows. Laura goes, no, they're fine. She goes, no, I do your eyebrows. They all over the place. (laughs) So (laughs) I know what Laura was talking about because hers do the same thing. And uh oh, I shouldn't have said that. No, my baby's eyebrows are beautiful. They don't they don't have any problems. So <laughs> So back to Sandspurs. So growing up in the South, you knew what Sandspurs were, and they kind of like bag of ice, they stick on everything. But Sandspurs are damn evil. They're evil. And I don't know if they're different species. Some of them are purple, some of them are green, some of them get all brown looking, and they, you know, they stay like three or four to a stalk. And and then if you was a kid, yes, we was always malicious and, and and devious, but we would, you know, pull the pull the weed at the base there and you'd get all the spurs still on it, and then you get your handful, then you run around the playground, you storm at people for no apparent reason, other than just be damn evil. And we did that a lot. But there was one particular summer, <clears throat> my cousin Ronnie, Ronnie Daniel, my cousin Ronnie was staying with me. We stayed with each other a lot during the summer. I think Aunt Carol and Uncle Emmett got rid of him, and mom and daddy got rid of me for a period of time. So here, you go take his ass. I can stay over at y'all's house for a couple of weeks. And then Ronnie come over there, and mama had to put up with me and him. And me and Ronnie, when we was little, we was together, all we did was damn giggle. And it drove mama insane. We just giggle. We'd be in the back seat. We just giggle. We just damn giggle for no apparent reason. Hell, we'd drive to Macon. We'd giggle the entire damn trip. We'd just look at each other and giggle. So anyway, I don't know what that was about. But that's what we did. But one time, Ronnie come over to Butler. He was staying in the summer, and then uh, somebody else was there. I don't know if it was Todd or or somebody else, but we was out there at that old Bone Place house we used to rent. There was some sand spurs out there in her front yard, and and we decided we'd take a bet and see who could run barefooted through a sand spur field the furthest, and the winner gets a quarter. Uh, I can tell you what, I didn't win. I didn't win, and and you know, and sand spurs, when you get them in your bare feet, definitely when you step on them really good, they embed, man. When you pull them out, all that stuff don't come out. It's like a damn, almost like a bee sting, almost. But golly, Pete, I don't know, I don't know. I'd ask God, God, why did you invent the sand spur? I'm sure it was something to do with God's plan, because God knows everything. And then there was the famous cucklebirds, and don't confuse cucklebirds with better life. They're two different things. But cucklebirds get all over you too. And I think I I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard it was Cucklebirds that uh, that gave the idea for Velcro because of the hook and loop thing. So uh, Cucklebirds obviously being the hook, but and they get all in you know animals. They get all over the horse's tail and, and they get all over your clothes and all that kind of stuff. But uh, anyway, and and then there was the weed. I don't know the name of it. I called them pop gun weeds, but there was there's a weed. <clears throat> have no idea. I got him in my damn yard today. And I showed the man who's helping me keep bees. Uh, this old boy, he, he's he's a nice feller. He's he's in his seven, I think he's 70 years old. <clears throat> he's been keeping bees for shit, I think 40, 50 years. He, I would consider him a master beekeeper. And uh, I, I would love to know what he's forgotten and probably, which ain't probably much, but the man, he's, 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 He's the he's the he's the bee's knees when it comes to beekeeping. How about that? But he's he's a Yankee <clears throat> by heart. Now he's lived in the South a long time, but by heart he's a Yankee. And uh, we was we was out in one of his places doing some beekeeping, and I reached down and I grabbed me one of them. I think they're called buckhorn weeds, popcorn weeds, pop gun weeds. 
I reached around and I said, you ever play with them as kids? And he said, no. I could tell right then he wasn't from the South. And I grabbed one up and I pulled one, twisted it over and went, and then shot it. And it shot right at him, <laughs> hit him in the chest. He just looked at me and goes, what is that? And I said, that's pop gun weed. <laughs> I said, his kids, you just grabbed them and, and you took them in the classroom and you, you could shoot them weeds. I have no idea what they're called. I don't even know what they're called. I just know we did it and we did it a lot. And last but not least, I'm going to try to keep this, this podcast under 20 minutes, but last but not least, and I have seen none up here where I live, up in North Georgia. And I don't, I remember going home periodically after I had left home for years, you know, 10, 15 years been gone and go home and see mom and daddy at their old place. And, and I would, I would take my kids walking back there. Uh, I called it back there where the Carters always lived. I don't know what that's called, but uh, Ed Gwynn and all them live out there. Barry Whitley and uh, I think Vicky lives out there and the Loverns. Uh, you know, a long time ago, I know if anybody's listening to this, but long time ago, that was nothing but a dirt road. And originally, the only people that lived back there was Norman Carter. Originally, that was the only person that lived down that dirt road. It was just a dirt road that went to Norman Carter's place. And that was it. And we rode motorcycles and minibikes back there all the time in the summer. <clears throat> but back there in that part, uh, before all that development, there was this weed, and we called them Indian arrowheads. And they and they growed up sometimes around the school uh, school area, but when you was on recess, uh, recess was not like in a fenced-in area, uh, especially at the old boys' school. Uh, but recess was just you got your ass outside and go out there and get dirty and beat up and sweat and play dodgeball and and Red Rover, and and it was tough. And the, and the week the week got whooped. That's all I can say. But you went out there, but we could go out there in the edge of the woods, and we would pick them Indian arrowheads. And you had to use them pretty quick because once you pulled them out of the plant, uh, they begin to uh, curly on the ends, and then they wasn't worth shit for throwing them. But you got to got to throw them in the green. But you could pull. I don't know. I don't even know. I should do some research on these. But this weed. Very unique. You could you could pull the I guess the leaf off of the weed, and it it was an arrow, and it had a barbed end. And let me tell you, brother, you get yourself a good snoot full of them things right there, and hold about you know fifty in your hand, and just and when you're in the battle, you just ran by somebody and you peppered them, you just throwed them, and it was like, and you just you wear them out, and and <laughs> it's amazing we never put nobody's eye out. Uh, safety was not in the forefront of anything. Same thing with throwing dirt clods with rocks and broken glass in it. We just threw them. We just threw them and we, we took our licks. And um, I, don't, I would love to have taken the opportunity to sit down to have a really good conversation with the likes of Anna Gerald and Verna Griggs and Georgia Woodall and Wilhelmina Neisler. Uh, I don't know if Miss Neisler is still alive. I hope she is. She was a good, good woman uh to me but uh yeah i would i would love to uh have a conversation with i would have loved to have had a conversation with them as an adult at their age and there's that damn cardinal man that guy's driving me insane if y'all got any ideas on how to stop this one dominating male cardinal he just sits and he fights himself his image in the in the glass obviously and I've hanged all these strips, and it does no good. 
and he just comes and goes, comes and goes, and he is crapped everywhere. There's there's a month and a half worth of bird crap on the edge of my sliding glass door and on my back deck, and I'm I'm at my wit's end. I guess I need to order from Amazon one of them damn fake owls, and I'll stick his ass out there and see what happens. But uh, other than that, if my cat wouldn't run off, I'd put his ass out there and let him get him. So anyway. All right, that's all. I was just going to talk about that because I was thinking about it the other day, and Mike Posey said something that made me think of it. But, you know, we we, we was blessed and we're privileged, and I do mean that. I, I think I was blessed and privileged. My children weren't born and raised that way, and a lot of our kids, you know, us now, our kids weren't born and raised that way. They just didn't have the opportunity. And I, and I hope more kids do have that opportunity that when when they're little, they just explore. And, you know, I know safety's different now, but they just explore. And I'm glad that I grew up, and in my background, I've had the liberty uh, to gain all the experience with beggar lives, with, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, not only with beggar lives, but with uh, uh, cocoa burrs and, and caterpillar weed and, and, and may pops and sand spurs and milkweed and Indian arrowheads and all that stuff. I'm glad, you know, and honeysuckle weed and whatnot, I'm glad I just had the liberty to do that. And it saddens me to know that my children will not know that. They won't know that. They'll know other stuff, but they won't know that. And probably what they know has got something to do with uh, a TV show or some piece piece of electronic. You know, it was it was uh, sobering to me to know that around 1990, I think it was 96 or 97 or something like that. I had duty, and I'll wrap up. I know I just squirreled here, but I, it, it saddened me, and it was very profound that when my son was about six or seven years old, I took him with me one day because I had duty on a, on a Sunday. And when I had duty on a Sunday uh, or a Saturday at this place I worked at in Millington, Tennessee, a place called NAVMAC, the Navy Manpower Analysis Center, and I was a manpower analyst, but uh, we obviously it was Monday through Friday. So on the weekends, like any Navy or military installation, somebody's got duty. And I was a senior chief, and I had I had the duty officer. So uh, and when you had duty on a weekend, you went in early on a on a Sunday morning or a Saturday morning, and you could coordinate the turnover with the off going. So usually if it was on a weekend, they wanted to do it really early so they can get their weekend going, and I can really get up there and get it out of the way, and then just stay on call. But you had this place had a lot of uh, secret and top secret information, a lot of crypto, a lot of uh, high security vaults and safes and whatnot. And I, I went in early in the morning to do the turnover with the guy come off going on a on a uh, early early early. Uh, it was either a Saturday or Sunday. I don't remember what day of the week, but it was on a weekend. So went in and we did turnover early, and um, <clears throat> went in there and and did all the turnover stuff. And then that evening, I went back in. And because you have to do it again. So I did turnover and you have to go through and it takes a while because you have to do a one on one turnover with the feller or gal that's going off off going. Y'all have to tour the entire building together. And then you both have to go to every uh, place where it had a high security safe vault filing cabinet, whatever. And they had these cards and you had to sign these cards and one had to co-sign it saying that, yeah, you you verified that it was and drew, you know, locked. And we did all that stuff, and then, and then I would come back in the evening, around seventeen hundred five p.m., and then I'd do it again. And then you didn't have a cosigner, but you just 
basically did it again. And the next morning, then two people did it again, that kind of stuff. But on the, on the evening run, uh, I brought my son with me and he was with me and we were going through all these and we opened this room and there was a couple of high security safes in there. He was with me and on the table in this room sat an old, it's, I can't even believe I'm saying old. Anyway, sat on the table was a rotary uh, telephone and he looked at it. He said, dad, what's that? I said, that's the telephone. So he he looked at it and he kind of said, "Well, can I can I look at it?" I said, "Sure, you can look at it." It wasn't it didn't work. It was just an old one. So he picked it up and he held the thing and I said, "That's the that's that's a receiver." And I put it to his head and I said, "You know, you put this on your ear and you talked in this piece." And he kind of, you know, put it to his face and did it with her hand and he kept looking at the, the the rotary dial and he said, "What's that?" I said, "That's how you dial it." He said, "Well, how do you dial it?" I said, "Well, you put your finger in there and you turn it." And he literally put his finger. And one of those holes, you know, the numbers were one through zero, but he put his finger in a hole and he turned his finger in a circle. He didn't turn the dial. He just stuck his finger in there and he kind of rotated his finger. I said, no, 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 you got to turn it. And he kept turning his finger. So I said, well, let me show you. And I stuck my finger in there and I, you know, remember how you used to hate it when somebody had phone numbers that had a lot of like eights and nines and zeros, you'd have to click, click. You had to do that, and that that was a pain in the butt. And then you know, it God forbid you get the wrong number, you got to start over. And then it, you, you get the busy signal, and it's like snap. You had to hang up, and then you had to do it again. So anyway, we've come a long way. All right, that's all I got, man. And I didn't keep my promise. Uh, this one's twenty something minutes, and I'm going to go try to do some work on this damn cardinal. All right, that's it. I don't know what Mike Coker's doing. I hope he's listening, but he's out there living the dream. Thank you uh, for all those who listen. Please like, subscribe, favorite, do whatever it is. I'm not the king of uh, podcast and Spotify, but uh, I do ask y'all share it with other folks. And that's it. It was it was it was a blessing to be born and raised. Well, I wasn't born, but it was a blessing to be raised in Butler, Georgia. That's all I can say. All right, about time to sign off. Going to quote my good friend from Eldon, South Carolina, old Mike Coker. Y'all know what he's going to say, and I'll say the same. Bicycle. Mm-hmm.